take your Bibles this morning, 1 Peter chapter number 1. 1 Peter chapter number 1. With God's help this morning, we're going to finish out our series here in 1 Peter chapter 1. We've got three verses to go. I think we're going to do it. It took us 11 weeks, but we're going to make it. Amen. And then we'll see where the Lord leads us after that. But <laughs> this whole chapter, just as a reminder for you, if you're just joining us or if you have missed a couple, the whole chapter is written about this. It's, it's Peter writing under the inspiration of God, and he's writing to some Christians in, in the Rome area that have been under persecution. The Roman government's come against them, and, and, and they're, they're hiding now. They're, they're scattered abroad, if you would. And, Telling them a bunch of wonderful truths. He's telling them, listen, even though persecution will come, even though trials will come, that we got a God bigger than our trials. Aren't we thankful for that this morning? Hey, he tells them, he continues to tell them, listen, uh, uh, the, the wonderful, great truths of salvation that we can hang our hat on, that no matter what happens in life, we're kept by the power of God. He, he explains how we got saved. It's the redemptions through the blood of Jesus. And, and then we learned, he also said, listen, you need to keep your faith and your hope in God and not in man and so we've learned these lessons all through it then last week we learned that because of those wonderful truths what we're commanded to do we're commanded to love the brethren and we're to love them with an unfeigned love a a sincere love is what the word means and without hypocrisy and we learned some truths last week about how to do that too and that unfeigned love we we use the acronym or uh, that's the wrong word acrostic that's what you call it right uh we use the acrostic of love and for the l was listening and the o was observing the v was valuing and the e was expressing and then we learned also how to love fervently with a pure heart and we learned we need to learn to speak to each other kindly. Can I get an amen right there? Hey, we need to we need to protect one another dogmatically, we talked about. We need to pray for each other faithfully and, and we need to give to each other sacrificially. And again, the reason behind all that is because when we have an unfeigned and we have a pure, fervent heart and love for the brethren, then 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 that's when there's unity. And when there's unity, God gets glorified. And that's what our main purpose in life is to glorify our God. Well, this morning as we continue on, we're going to see Peter continue to remind some wonderful truths to these Christians that are under persecution. And that is simply this, this morning. No matter how many Bible-hating, God-denying people there are, and they're out there, amen, the B-I-B-L-E is still true. Amen. And it will stand forever. Can I ask you a question this morning? How many of you have just by a raise of your hand, I'll get you to participate with me for just a second, would say, I believe the Bible is the Word of God and it is truth. How many would say that? If you're a Victory Way Baptist Church, I assume you probably believe that. How many would say this? Uh, uh, I believe everything I, I read in the newspaper, I read on the internet, and I listen to and watch on TV. How many of you believe everything you there? Come on, Somebody? Not a single hand. I want you to think about this for a minute then. If we believe that this is the very Word of God, and we're going to prove that this morning, and if we believe that everything in this is true, and that other stuff, the, the newspapers and the news shows and the TVs and the radios and, and the stuff we see on that internet.com and that Facebook out of hell thing. Yeah, it, it, all those things. All, how come we spend more time in that than we do in this? You think it's time for a little checkup on our priorities? Let's get back to the word of truth. 
This morning I just simply called it this, the wonderful Word of God. Amen. Because it is wonderful. Y'all know that old song, the B-I-B-L-E? Well, I want to tell you, that's the book for me. And let's learn to read it this morning. Stay in if we'll read a few verses and see where God leads us this morning. First Peter chapter number 1, picking up about verse number 23. The Bible says this, being born again. Praise God. I hope you've been born again. Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. By the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth, how long? Forever. And this is the word by which the gospel is preached unto you. Father, for the next few moments, would you help us just to set aside the cares of this world and focus back in on the one thing that never changes, Lord. The one thing that the one constant in our life that will always be here, no matter how many critics come along, no matter how many doubters come along, no matter how many deniers come along, Lord. And that is the almighty Word of God. The one that, Lord, can change our lives. The one that, Lord, will save our souls if we'll read it and believe it. The one, Lord, that we have in our hand. That every, just about testimony of hand, just about everybody in this room said they believed it was the very Word of God and it was truth. God, if that's so, help us prioritize it and make it a bigger part of our life. And help us to see why we can stand on it this morning. Lord, as we preach about the wonderful Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. Have your way in, in this service, we pray in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. As you're sitting there, we're living in a day, much like Peter's day, where the Word of God is under attack. Uh, we have textual critics. And you say, I don't know what all those words mean. Just say, Amen, I'm glad I don't. Amen. <laughs> we, have, we have textual critics, we have non-believers, and we have everything in between. And they're attacking the validity of the Word of God. But can I tell you, it's nothing new. The Bible's always been under attack. It was Satan's very method back in Genesis chapter 3 that led to the sin and downfall of the whole earth. You know what he said to Eve? He said, Yea, hath God said. It was the very way he started in the first place to get us to doubt God's words. Very, that's how he attacks. And, and now we have churches and we have people and they believe all kinds of things about the Bible. The devil wants to undermine the authority of God's word. And now here's the way people do it today. Some people just despise it. Amen. They hate Jesus. <laughs> they hate the Word of God. They hate you. They hate me. They hate anybody who believes it. They just despise the Word of God. And if you're here today, let me just tell you, if you despise the Word of God, it's going to be a long day. Because <laughs> that's all we preach here, amen, is the Word of God. And we got other folks, they, they deny the Word of God. I mean, they, they, they just flat, they simply just don't believe it. They, they're not really anti it, they just don't believe it is God's Word. Yet others, uh, they distort the Word of God. They, 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 they claim to believe it, but they twist it around and come up with these, 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 these doctrines and these, these, these beliefs that have nothing to do with what God intended when He wrote it down. 
they often will, will minimize it. And they'll come up with false doctrines. They'll minimize the Word of God and they'll maximize things like signs and experiences and, and feelings and, and emotions and all that stuff. And, and, and while all these groups of people we've talked about certainly are a problem, can I tell you, they're not the biggest problem. It isn't those that despise, deny, or distort. It's really those, you now they're getting a little closer to home here, who disregard. See, the ones that disregard it are these. It might be you. They, if they were asked a question like I asked earlier, do you believe the Bible is the Word of God? They would probably all hold up their hands and say, I believe it. I believe it. But yet, they never read it. They don't obey it. And they don't live it. Now, I don't know if that's you or not. I hope it's not. But if it is, can I tell you? That is what God called us to do. To read it, to obey it, to live it. And that's next week's message. I'll get ready for that. <laughs> Let me tell you this, friends. Whether you're here for the first time, or you're here for the 5,000th time, or somewhere in between at Victory Way Baptist Church, just bark you off a spot, clear it out. This preacher believes, and this church believes, that the Bible is the very Word of God. And we're going to stand on it. We're going to preach it as it is to people where they are until the Lord returns. So help me God. This morning I want to look at some wonderful truths about that. This wonderful B-I-B-L-E. The wonderful Word of God. Write this one down as we get started today. I, I thought about some of these. I said, what about the Word of God? Well, really if you think about it, it is an in, incomparable book. An incomparable book. What, what do I mean by that? As we read in verse 23, look what God Himself calls it. He says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. What's it call it now? By the what? Word of God. There's nothing else that compares to it. Amen? There's a lot of good books written out there. But none compare to the Bible. It is the very Word of God. In fact, it is God's favorite name for the Bible. We call it the Bible all the time, don't we? You know what God calls it? The Word of God. As you read through it, Acts 4.31, they, they spoke the Word of God with boldness, the Bible says. Romans 10.17, you know it well, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Ephesians 6.17, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the what? Word of God. Hebrews 4.12, and the Word of God, it says, is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I love this one. I'm going to put this one up because I want you to read this one. It says, for this cause also, thank we God without ceasing, because when we receive the what? Word of God, which you had heard, and you received it not as the Word of men, but as it is in truth, the Word of God, which effectually worketh also to you that believe. I'm thankful for those Ephesian believers. That's what Paul was writing to them. He says, listen, when I preached it, or those Thessalonian believers, he said, when I preached it to you, you didn't take it as, the, as from man. You took it as the very Word of God, as truth. And that's what we need to do. 4,000 times the, word, the Bible calls itself the Word of God. And since it calls itself the Word of God, listen to me. This is what's really important. If it is the Word of God and you believe that, then here's what we've got to get down in our heart. If it speaks, God speaks. Are we with me? If it says it, then God said it. And if it says it, then it's true. Then it's true. Get that down in your heart. Wow, what, what, why is it incomparable? Let me give you a few thoughts. You're going to have to write fast because we're rolling fast today. Amen. Uh, first one I wrote down simply this, because it's God-breathed. 
Because it's God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16, you know it well, all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness. All Scripture is given. Listen, whether it's a blistering or a blessing, it's all from God. It is God-breathed. That's what inspiration means. He literally breathed out His Word. He spoke it out. And, and all Scripture is given by Him. And write this one down. Not only that, it's pure and it's without error. Amen. Uh, I thank God that I got a word that I can stand on. I don't have to worry about changing it tomorrow. It is what it is. And God wrote it the way He intended it. The Bible says this, Proverbs 30 verse 6, that every word of God is pure. Not only that, it's a God-breathed and pure without error. It's our spiritual food. It's, it's what we should eat. And Matthew 4, 4, Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. The Bible was given by God, yes, and then human penmen wrote it down, but it was God who gave it to them in the first place. Second Peter 1.21 says this, For prophecy came not in old time by the will of man. Hey, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. I want to just tell you, we got a book here that didn't come from man. It came from God Almighty. It's God-breathed. It's pure without error. It's our spiritual food. Amen. So if it's our spiritual food, we need to eat it. Try not to get ahead because that's my... Next week's message. I just had too much to get there today. Write this down too. This one will get you. It's also this. It's our final authority. Why is it incomparable? Why is the Word of God incomparable? It's God-breathed. It's pure without error. It's our spiritual food. And it is our final authority. Can I just tell you this? This Bible is our final authority on all matters of faith in practice at Victory Way Baptist Church. There's no Pope going to tell us what to do. Amen. There's no association. There's no governing body. Hey, we just believe this book and we follow this book. We don't follow visions. Don't get quiet on me. We don't follow experience, new revelation, or science. We believe in the complete and final revelation of God right here in the 66 books. I don't need to look for all that stuff. I need to get what He's already gave me out of here. And if I'd get it out of there, I wouldn't be looking for all that out there. Problem is, we're out there looking for signs when we ought to be looking in the Scriptures. Somebody say amen. One person told me very recently, the problem with you Baptists, he meant it derogatory. I took it as a compliment. He said, you, the problem with you Baptists is y'all just all about the book. So y'all don't leave room for, for any of these other stuff to happen. You just believe the Bible. It's all about the Bible. I said, thank you, brother. <laughs> I said, you must have been attending. Amen. <laughs> Can I tell you, we, I don't esteem the Bible any higher than God does. Can I remind you how high He esteems it? He says, I have esteemed it above my even name. Well, my Bible said Jesus is given a name above every name. And then, my Bible says he esteems the Word of God even above it. Are you listening to me this morning? Listen, don't, don't, don't get out of the Bible. We've got enough lectures and, and pep talks going on. We need the very Word of God because it is incomparable. It is my final authority and it needs to be your final authority. Listen, if what you believe doesn't line up with the Word of God, let me help you real quick, as kindly as I know how to say it, what you believe is wrong. Amen. But if it does, praise God, stand on it. <laughs> Enjoy it. 
Hey, it's our final authority. Write this down. It's also incomparable because it is what we're commanded to preach. It is what we're commanded to preach. Uh, not some newspaper. Not some book written by some other man. But the very Word of God. Paul put it this way in 2 Timothy 4.2. He said, preach the Word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering. Listen, again, whether it's a blessing or a blistering, it's the Word of God that needs to be preached. And I believe, I personally believe, you don't have to believe it. You can be wrong if you want. Amen. <laughs> but I believe Isaiah 28 and verse 10 is how it should be preached. Precept upon precept and line upon line. Y'all look it up. I got a whole lot more Bible for the way I preach than the way other people preach. Amen. <laughs> word by word, line by line. Precept upon precept, truth upon truth. That's how you grow. That's how you grow. Let me tell you why I preach the Word of God. I like this. Adrian Rogers said this. He said, I preach the Word of God because I'm not smart enough to preach anything else. And because I'm too smart to preach anything else. That's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> I like that. And when we believe it, and we read it, and we live it, and we claim it, listen, it'll change our lives. Do you know there's over 7,000 promises in the Word of God? And He keeps every single one of them. How many can you name? Get in there so you can start naming them and claiming them. Amen. Hey, I ain't one of them name and claim it, but if God wrote it and He said it was for me in the context, then I'm claiming it. Amen. That's the ones you claim. This book is not, as one preacher said, the book of the week. It's not the book of the month and it's not the book of the year. It is the book of ages. The Bible like no other book. It is incomparable. Keep, keep going with me. Not only write, I wrote that, but I wrote this down. It's inseparable. Inseparable. What, what do I mean by that? Again, you look at verse 23. The Bible says this. It says it again, calls it the Word of God. You know, it gave, God gave Jesus and the Word of God the same title. Did you ever think about that? You know, Jesus is often called the Word of God in Scripture. Gave him the same title. Uh, I think about this. He calls it the Word of God here in verse 23. But in Revelation 19, verse 13, the Bible says this, And he that was clothed with a, with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Listen, my Word and, and me may be different at times. Unfortunately, sometimes that, that's been true in my life. How about you? Man and his Word sometimes is different, but... God and His Word are no different. They are one. They are inseparable. And thank God for the similarities. I wrote some down. Go quick because we're going, we're going to just roll through this really fast. But I got to thinking about some of these. Did you think about this? The, same, the similarities between Jesus and the Word of God. Do you know they both came from God? Amen. They both came from God. The holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. We've already covered that one. But listen to Galatians 4.4. God sent forth His Son. So he sent the Word, and he sent Jesus Christ, the God of the Word. And, and they both came from God. But write this down. They both also will last forever. Amen. Look at verse 25 in our text, and we're going to hit this a little more here in a moment. But he says, But the Word of the Lord endureth forever, the Bible says. And it lasts forever. Can I remind you what the Bible says about Jesus? Revelation 1.18, he said, I am He, and I live evermore. Y'all know what that means? That means forever. Both are also this. They're both unchanging. Amen. Uh, I think what Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 18, He said, Not a jot or a tittle shall pass away from the law until all is fulfilled. 
Can I remind you this, that Hebrews 13, 8 still says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Both, listen, will last forever. Uh, write this one down. Both are dark lights, or I'm sorry, bright lights in a dark world. Both are lights in a dark world. Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Can I remind you what Jesus said in John 8, 12? He said, I am the light of the world. Both are lights in a dark world. And, and then, then most importantly, probably, of all of them, both are true. Amen. Jesus said, sanctify them with thy truth. Thy word is truth. John 17 and verse 17. Jesus 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. They're both the truth. I tell you, they're, they're one and the same. They're inseparable is what I'm trying to tell you this morning. If you believe in Jesus, you've got to believe the Bible. And if you believe the Bible, you've got to believe in Jesus. Amen. Because they're inseparable. Uh, you can't separate the two. Write this down. Thirdly, I wrote uh, they're, in, uh, they're, in, uh, they're inseparable, then they're incorruptible. Look at verse back at our text here, verse 24 and 23. The Bible says, being born again, not of, what's that next word? Corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Every word of God, I've already told you, is pure. Proverbs 30, verse 6. Hey, Psalm 119, 140 says, Thy word is very pure, thy servant loveth it. How about Psalm 12, verse 6? The words of the Lord are pure words, as silver tried seven times. Can I just, can I just tell you, listen, no matter how much the atheists come against God's word, no matter how much the, the cynics laugh at it, no matter how much the liberals try to remove and, and change it and take the miracles out, no matter how many false cults come along and twist it all up, and by the way, no matter how many scientists come along and think they proved it wrong, can I tell you, the Bible will always be true. It always is true. Every now and then, science does come along and, and for a season disagrees with the Bible. Don't ever let that worry you, dear Christian. Just be patient. We're supposed to be long-suffering and patient anyway, amen? Give those poor little scientists some time. They'll come around, amen? They always do. <laughs> They'll eventually figure out that what they thought was wrong and the Bible is truth. They came around when it comes to the roundness of the earth. Y'all know that? Isaiah 40 and verse... You remember Christopher Columbus? What was that? 1492, right? You're going to sail off the earth. It's flat. Right? I could have saved them a lot of time. They would have read Isaiah 40 verse 22. The Bible says, It is he that sitteth on the circle of the earth. It was around. The Bible told them that. Years and years and years before. How about this? Could have helped the doctors out a little bit. They just learned and understood now the value of the blood. Y'all know George Washington, one of the things they did trying to cure him of his sickness was they did what they call bloodletting. And they, 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 they basically they killed him. They let his blood out. And that was one of the contributions that led to his death. And they thought, well, if we can get the blood out, then we can get the disease out. And I could have saved him a lot of time too. Leviticus. Uh, chapter 17 and verse number 11 the Bible said 3400 years before that happened for the life of the flesh is in the blood so I just want to help our nursing students today it's in the blood amen keep it there and what about evolution what a, amen that was a good one that is a joke I don't, let me write that down I like that let me use that for every preachers again it is a joke did you know more and more scientists are coming out every day saying evolution. Nope. They believed it for a while. I could have saved them a lot of time if they just opened the Bible to the very first verse. The Bible says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. 
That settles it right there. That's all I need it right there. Hey, listen, don't worry about them. They'll eventually catch up because the Bible is truth and it is incorruptible. But write this down. All is an incorruptible. It is also this. It is indestructible. Look at verse 23 again. The Bible says at the end of that verse, it says, By the word of God which liveth for and abideth forever. Look at verse 25. The Bible says, But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Uh, I had one preacher I was reading said this. He said, I I can tell you how I know the word of God is indestructible because it stood up to so much shoddy preaching. (laughs) I said, he's been listening. Oh, no. Look, I remind you, Psalm chapter 12, again, verse 6, but I'm going to add 7 onto it now. The words of the Lord are pure words. They're purified in the furnace of the earth, purified seven times. Then he goes on to say in verse 7, Thou shalt keep them, O Lord. Thou shalt preserve them from this generation when it was written forever. Amen. I'm telling you, it is indestructible. God used human writers to write words over a period of about 1,500 years. And, and listen, it spanned about 40 generations and, and three different continents written in three different languages and, and from people from every different walk of life, 40 different authors or human penmen, if you want to look at it that way. And Yet the Bible still agrees in its entirety. It's one theme, one story about man's sin and about the need for a Savior and His name was Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus and it always will be about Jesus. The Word of God. How's that possible? How could you take something written over a span of 1,500 years, 40 different authors on three different continents and in three different languages and it, and it never contradicts one another and it has one theme and one, one account and one story. Here's the reason you can do that because its author is one God. God wrote it. Remember the old game you used to play in school? I do this in my uh, new beginner Sunday school class when I have that. You remember that game? You'd whisper like a sentence in somebody's ear. And then they'd pass it on to the next person. They'd pass it on to the next. And you get to the end of it, and I mean nobody can even tell you what the first sentence was. I mean, they butcher it so bad going right down through that. And, and one of our Sunday school classes, we had about eight people in it. I mean, by the time they got done, they only had one word in the whole thing right. One word out of one sentence. How can we have 66 different books by 40 different authors in three languages over 1,500 year span in three continents and never, never contradicts each other because it is the very Word of God. Man, you've got to get that in your heart. You've got to get that just out of your mind and bring it down to your heart. 66 books in, in harmony is what we got. Many a man has preached to Funeral for the Bible, but I want to tell you, its corpse has outlived all the pallbearers. I like that, one old preacher said. And no other book's ever been attacked as much as the Word of God. Yet none has proven it true. You ever heard of Robert Ingersoll? He was an atheist. And he made this statement. He said, within 15 years, that he would have the Bible lodged in a morgue. Let me tell you, it's 2017. Robert Ingersoll's been dead for a long time. He's in a morgue. My Bible's still right there. It's still alive. It's still saving souls. And it's still working effectually in the lives of human beings. 
century after centuries. Listen, they've come along, they've tried to bury it, they've tried to burn it. The, the kings of the earth, the Bible says in Psalm 2, have set themselves against it. Yet here it still is, it's still abiding, it's still real, and it will never be destructed. Amen. Thank God for the Bible. I read about a, <laughs> read about a man, he was a creative man, kind of a genius type man. Real, He's a builder and could could visualize stuff and build about anything. and They came to him and they said, we want you to build a wall that can't be knocked over. I said, hmm, build a wall that can't be knocked over. So he thought about it or, or they wouldn't fall down or however you want to say it. He thought about it and he thought about it and he deliberated on it and he finally came up with his idea. And here's what he did. He built a wall that was four foot high and that was five foot wide. Four foot high and five foot wide. They said, well, what you build a wall four foot high and five foot wide by? And he said, well, I, I just here's what I figured. If anybody ever pushes it over, it'll actually be a foot taller than it was when they first sat it. <laughs> Can I tell you, that's the way the Word of God is. All the critics come. Oh, they rail on it. They, they try to take words out and change words. I can tell you, you push, you just keep pushing. And it just keeps getting taller and taller and taller and taller. The Word of God. It is indestructible. It stands. But lastly, let me say to you this. It's also this. It's invaluable. Look at verse 25. But the Word of the Lord endureth forever. Praise God for that. But the second part of the verse. Read it with me. It says this, And this is the Word by which the Gospel is preached unto you. you read that one more time with me. This is the Word by which the Gospel is preached unto you. If it wasn't for this Bible, listen friends, I wouldn't know about Jesus. And neither would you. If it wasn't for this Bible, I wouldn't know about my problem that I'm a sinner separated from a holy God. And then I wouldn't know about the solution to the problem that Jesus Christ came and, and he, he, he willingly laid His life down, took the beating that you and I deserved, shed His blood for my sin. I wouldn't know about the Savior if it wasn't for the Bible. I'm telling you, it's invaluable. I'd be lost and still on my way to the devil's hell. But praise God, here it is. <laughs> the Word of God. And it's invaluable because it tells us how we can have eternal life. Paul said this, holding forth the Word of life. It's invaluable because of this. It contains the message that we must believe personally. It contains the message that we must believe Personally, i got two beliefs, don't I? You believe it twice, amen, it won't hurt you. <laughs> Read it with me in verse 25 again. And this is the word by which the, what's that next word? Y'all better wake up. Let's try that one more time. <laughs> and this is the word by which the what? Gospel is preached unto you. <laughs> That's the message, friends. That's the message you need to believe to be saved. That's the message that Jesus said in Mark 1 and verse number 15 when He said, Repent ye and believe the Gospel. That's the message that Paul explained what it was and in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 1. He, says, uh, he said, I declare unto you the Gospel. In verse number 2, He said, By which ye are saved. 
In verse number 3, he said how that he told us what it was, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and was buried and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Here it is, simply this. This is the message that we're to proclaim. We would have never known about it without the Word of God. It is that Christ died for our sins and was buried and rose again the third day for our sins. And you need to believe that not just here, but you need to believe it here that He did it for you. It's the message. Hey, we've got to personally believe. Do you, have you believed that message? I'm telling you what, you cut this Bible anywhere, it's going to bleed. The cross was a bloody cross. But it also contains the message that we need to proclaim boldly. That we need to proclaim boldly. What do I mean by that? Again, verse 25, read it with me. And this is the Word of God, which by the Gospel, read the rest of it, is preached unto you. Do you know God's means of salvation? comes through the message of the gospel by the preaching of the gospel. He tells us both the message and the method there. I want to tell you, listen, as kindly as I can, we're living in a day where churches are trying to rethink everything. We're trying to, they're trying to redo, recreate, re-whatever church, and re, re, soften up the message of the gospel, just, just re, rethink it. Re, we don't need to rethink it, we just need to reteach it. And we need to relearn it. Amen. It's the power of the gospel unto salvation. It still works. It still works. It still works. It's what we need to preach is Jesus died for me, a rotten, nasty, filthy sinner. And then He, then he was buried and then he, then he rose from the dead the third day. And if I would believe, I would change my mind. It's repentance. And I would believe, put my full weight and trust in Him. I could be saved. It's still that simple message. It's the message Jesus preached. Luke 4.18, He said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel. It's the message that Paul preached. 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ sent me not to baptize, He says, but to preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians 9.16, He said, Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. I want to tell you, and I'm not trying to be critical, that's not the goal here. My, my goal is just simply this. If you go to a church and, and you never hear that Jesus died for you, was buried, rose again, you need to find another church. That is the message we need to be preaching. Hey, I'm all for self-help. I give you how-tos and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, if you don't hear me proclaim that, you need to have a meeting right now and fire me. Amen. The gospel is the message that changes lives. The gospel is the message that saves sinners. And if you don't have the gospel preached, then get out of there and find you another place. If you ever hear me stop preaching it, then get me out of here. And find somebody who will. It's the message Jesus preached. The message Paul preached. It's the message we're supposed to preach. Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel every creature he didn't say go preach self help did he he said preach the gospel preach the gospel they're not going to understand all that other stuff until they're saved anyway the natural man discerneth not the things of the spirit amen Paul said for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God unto salvation hey to everyone that believeth Hey, 1 Corinthians one twenty one still says, For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God, for it pleased God through the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. The Word of God's invaluable. The 
because it has the message of the gospel and gives us the manner in which we're to share that. That's to proclaim it boldly through the preaching of the Word of God. And that's the message that saves sinners. And I tell you, the Word of God, it's incomparable. It's inseparable. It's incorruptible. It's indestructible. It's invaluable. That's why I say the, that little kid's song we sing all the time, oh man, how true it is. The B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Question for you. Is it the book for you? Is it the book for you? Father, thank you for the good attention of these dear people today. Lord, and thank you for the Word of God. Lord, you told us you esteemed your Word even higher than your name. Lord, if not every hand, almost every single hand in this place today declared that they, they believed that the, the Bible is the very Word of God and it's true without error. God, if we believe that, then why aren't we in it? Why do we spend all kinds of time doing anything but reading the Bible? So often I hear preacher, and I'm not trying to guilt anybody, Lord, you understand that, but so often I hear people say, I just didn't have time. Oh, how much time do we waste? God didn't call us. You didn't say read it for three hours a day. You just said get in it so it can get in us. God help us to be. Stand on, believe, read, apply, and live the very Word of God. The B-I-B-O-E. That's the book for me. The question is, could we all say that? Father, have your will and way in this invitation, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd stand. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I want to talk first to Christians if you're here today and, and you know and could give me a Bible reason that if you died today that heaven would be your home, not because of anything you've done, because you've relied and trusted in what Jesus has done. You know that's for sure in your life. Let me ask you a question first. When's the last time you actually read your Bible? When's the last time you esteemed His Word higher than His name? If we claim we believe that, but yet we don't behave it, then what does that make us? Y'all know the Word. God, help us to get in to the Word of God on a daily basis. Let me ask you this. If you're here today and maybe you're not sure, you couldn't answer that question, that if you died today that heaven would be your home. You're just not sure but you sure would like to know. I've already told you He loves you. He died for you. He wants to take your sin and give you His righteousness. And all you've got to do is by faith trust that He died for you, was buried for you, and rose again for you. Change your mind and agree with God. Romans 10.9 still says, For that if thou shall confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Simple. If you understand you're a sinner and you believe Jesus died for your sin, was buried, rose again for your sin, right now I'm inviting you. Confess. Agree with God's what the word means. 
that with your mouth while you believe it in your heart. And on the authority of God's word, he will save you right now. If that's you, right now, right where you stand, call out upon his name. You can pray something like this. It's not the words of the prayer that's going to save you. It's not saying a prayer that's going to save you. It's the belief and the object of who you're praying to and what he did for you. But confession of the mouth is necessary. But there must be a belief in the heart to go with it. If that's you right now, right now, right where you stand, silently in your seat, call out upon him. Confess him right now. You can pray something like this. Father God, I confess I agree with you today that I'm a sinner. And I believe that Jesus died on a cross for my sin. And I believe He was buried. And He rose the third day for my sin. And I'm turning to you now, Lord Jesus. Confessing you as my Savior. And by faith I receive the free gift of eternal life. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. With every head still bowed and eyes still closed. I'm not going to come to you or call you out, but I do want to pray for you. If today you prayed that and you meant that in your heart right now today. Right now, just lift your hand up. Say, preacher, pray for me. I understand you're not going to embarrass me and call me out. You prayed that, and I prayed that. Thank you, sir. Anybody else like that today? I got it settled. I got my eternity settled. I just trusted in the Lord. Anybody else today? Father, thank you for the testimony in the back, Lord, of one who trusted you today. Lord, I promised I wouldn't call out or embarrass, and I, I keep my word. But Lord, I challenge that one today that this is the first day of their new life. Lord, to find them a Bible-teaching, Bible-preaching church. I know I'm partial, but I think it's a pretty good one. Lord, where they can plug in, where they can grow in grace and knowledge and be discipled and, and learn. Lord, where they can make public what they've done privately today by getting into the baptistry and publicly identifying with you as they privately have in their heart today. Father, help them now to grow. Help them now to get into your word. and Lord, to become more like you. That's our goal. Father, thank you for being a Savior that still saves sinners. God, for the Christians in this room, Lord, the ones that all said they believe the Bible is the very word of God, but yet they don't honestly spend time in it. Father, I pray today that you'd put a conviction in their heart that they would start esteeming your word even higher than your name. Whatever the needs are, this altar is open as we sing this morning. I be Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the word. It's amazing how much time we can spend doing anything but getting into the very thing that will help us the most. Jesus.
Jesus, and I'm not trying to guilt you. I'm guilt, just as guilty as you at times. Help us to have a daily relationship with the Word of God and with the God of the Word. A daily walk. The Bible says it's the water of the Word that cleanses us. It challenges us. It divides us under the tents and the thoughts of the heart. It's our mirror. I promise you this. You think you're okay and you're good and you got it all together. You get in here, you're going to find out that all of us fall short. Don't take that to heart. God loves when we humble ourselves. Because he said, humble yourselves in the new time, I will exalt you. What's your relationship with the Word of God? We'll all pass away, but there's something about that need. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away, but there's something about Amanda. I know you don't want to be called Mandy, right? It's Amanda. Amen. I wanted to make sure I had that right and didn't get that backwards. So I had to go ask real quick, God, because I wanted that right. Uh, well, Miss Amanda has come and she says she wants to join our church. Amen. And uh, I haven't had time to speak with her yet, but so we're about to do it publicly. How about that? You have trusted in Jesus and Jesus alone as your Savior. You've been scripturally baptized, right? All right, well, we got to do that before it becomes official, okay? All right, how about next Sunday? I'm pretty easy, how about that? <laughs> we can do it tonight if we fill it up in time. Amen. <laughs> we'll do it next Sunday morning, how about that? I like him. I like the Sunday mornings. Uh, but, amen, so we'll make that official as of next week, okay? But we're going to still invite you to come stand the right hand of fellowship and invite her into our church family in advance of... Uh, of just the prerequisite of her obeying the Lord by scriptural baptism. Amen. If you're as excited to have Amanda join us as I am here at Victory Way Baptist Church, would you signify the good hearty amen? Amen. Amen. Those opposed? Amen. Well, you come extend the right hand of fellowship to her, and and, uh, I'm going to ask Brother Danny if he'd dismiss us in prayer this morning.